So God, thank you for this day, and thank you, Lord, for you just giving me this word today, and thank you for using me in this way, God, and trusting me with this message, and thank you for this family, too, and I pray that you'll open up our hearts and uh, just help us have a good time. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mickey. I think you should write my bios from now on. That was really beautiful. And uh, I love being a part of 99. I love being a part of the Bay Area, too. I've been here for 12 years. I would consider myself a Bay Area local, a Bay Area local now. And there's so many things that I love about the Bay. I, lo- I was in Sydney, Australia for like six weeks. And when I came back, I was able to see, I took this drive, and I was able to see all the mountains and the water all along the coast. And it was such a beautiful experience. I love the diversity that's here, too. I love the diversity of the people, and I love the food. You can get the best Mexican food at Green Enchilada in Pacifica, probably. Uh, but such good food everywhere you go. And one thing I love about the Bay Area, that it's also, the Bay Area is also just such a weird place, and I love that. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had probably the most San Francisco experience that I've ever gone through. I work in, at a gym in the Soma. And I, I was driving my car, and I just passed Market. I stopped at a red light, and this guy comes up to my car. And I'm just in my music. I'm in my zone. This guy comes up to my car, and he starts, he pulls something out. And it was actually a squeegee that you use to, to wash your windshield at a gas station. So for the next minute and a half, he just starts washing my windshield. And I was just so surprised, and I wish I kind of got that on an Instagram story. I missed my moment. But I just kept driving on after that because I knew that was just something that just happens in San Francisco. Even though there's so many things that I love about SF, there's still so many things that I find a little bit challenging. I find a little hard. You know, you look at the price. You know, rent is so expensive. But then also, I love matcha lattes. And it's hard to love matcha lattes in the city. Because sometimes I'll go somewhere, order a matcha latte that's like this big, and I'll get a little bit of almond milk too. It's probably this much, and it costs another 80 cents. And by the time you're done, you're paying for like an $8 matcha latte. If I had more courage, I'd probably just walk away from the cashier there, but I just do that maybe once or twice a week. Uh, I also kind of dislike how there's not really a fashion scene. Now I'm really into fashion and, you know, cat, Paulette, super, super good style, everyone here. Uh, but sometimes you walk around the city and you feel like you're in a catalog for Patagonia or North Face or Allbirds. Not really my thing. Uh, one thing, there we go, Paulette, there we go. Um, one thing that I feel like is pretty hard about being in San Francisco and the Bay Area overall is that maybe a lot of you can relate to this, but dating can be super hard. I've been struggling dating out here. You know, it's a pretty big challenge, and I think that's because there's so many millions of people out here that everyone's like, oh, I'm just going to wait for the next best thing. So I've been struggling with that, even though I feel like I'm pretty good at dating. You know, I like it. I like dating. Uh, a few years ago when I was dating someone, which is probably like 12 years ago by now, but um, now a few years ago I was dating this girl and uh, I took her on this really cool experience. You know, we went to uh, a woodworking class. It was through this company called Wood Thumb and it was this super, super dope thing. We were able to build a triangle shelf. So throughout that whole experience, we brought out these like really massive tools uh, we did, like, the painting and all that. She even carved her name on my shelf, which is why it's still in the closet right now. Um, but it was so beautiful. It was so fun. And one of my favorite things about that experience was at the end, we got to take out our phones, and I took my first shelfie. Will you take a selfie with a shelf? Get it, Lee? Save that one for Lee. I saved that one for weeks. No one's laughing at my dad jokes, but it's part of the Filipino culture. 
There we go. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> and what I learned about dating those few years ago, six years ago, ten years ago, whenever that was, what I learned about dating was that you need a lot of empathy. This girl was so fashionable and really stylish and very creative, so it would be kind of weird that if I just took her to an MMA fight. It wouldn't really make sense. If someone's a foodie, it wouldn't make sense if you go to, oh, you're, you're, you're a foodie, you're really into that. Let's go to a food court so we can both choose whatever we want. You know, you have to have empathy, and I think empathy is just such an important skill when it comes to relationships, when it comes to work, when it comes to dealing with almost anything. And I think it's kind of hard if we don't look at the Bible with a little bit of empathy, because it's written thousands of years ago. I think it's so important to, to think about what were the writers going through at that time. What were they experiencing? And just putting ourselves in their shoes. And when I was reading um, the book of Ephesians, the set of scriptures has been on my heart for probably a few months now. And it's uh, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, uh, including verse 10 too. And what the scripture says is, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so no one can boast about it. And I think it's such a hallmark scripture. You know, it's one of those things, it's such a key to salvation. It's one of those scriptures that you will look at. Um, someone will tell you when you're first finding a new life in Jesus, and, you know, you want to give your life to Jesus, and it's all about salvation. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper into this scripture, because it's, uh, it's easy to just look at it and say, oh, that's what it is, that's it. But I wanted to have a little bit of empathy for what Paul, uh, what Paul saw at this church of Ephesus, what they were going through, and to why he had to write this. And what I think is that when Paul was writing this, it was a very similar struggle to what we go through today. I think when Paul was writing this letter, he saw that these people, that they were striving, that they were working, and they were doing all these things for God's love. And I think I go through that today. I go through that all the time. Have you ever prayed those prayers where you say, God, I know you're going to love me when I stop making the same mistake again. I know you're going to love me when I do what you're calling me to do. I know you're going to love me when I stop failing right in front of you every single day. I sometimes pray that prayer, and I sometimes pray in the most random spots ever. I find myself praying every morning in my car, but recently I was praying in my first time taking a hot yoga class because I thought I might die in that class. It was my first time. It was like 95 degrees, maybe 120. I don't know what studio you go to, but uh, I was afraid that I was going to die. And I was just so scared that because every time I take a yoga class before, there are these moms that are destroying me, and I'm shaking in like this chair pose for like five minutes. Um, but I wanted to pray to God, and I was praying, God, God, please don't let me die. God, please don't help me get destroyed by these moms. And I also prayed, God, will you help me be the person you want me to be? I just want to be who you want me to be. And I found that moment, I felt so clearly in my spirit that God just told me, you already are. And I found that so powerful for me. I didn't expect that in this yoga class, but so often we're just sitting in this prayer, sitting in our time with God. God, will you help me be who you want me to be? But then that's our prayer. It's not God. That's not how God identifies us at all, because we're already who he wants us to be as we are. And recently I went to this dinner with these uh, really amazing girls, one of my friends, Dev, that I met at this uh, game show I was on in Australia. 
and she brought one of her friends too, and they're these beautiful girls, and uh, you think they have everything going for them, you know, they're so stylish, and they're very talented too, and I really enjoyed that time, and I remember one of, my, one of her friends just asked her, are you fulfilled? She just asked, are you fulfilled right now? And Dev is a very strong Christian, very strong believer, and she, saw, she said, yes, of course. You know, I'm fulfilled because, you know, God fulfills me. God's given me this purpose, and God's given me this life. And I just looked at this girl, and I just told her really simply that we do things from fulfillment, not for fulfillment. And I love how in the Bible it says uh, in 1 John 4.19 that we love each other because he loved us first. And I think it's so important to understand that in life, that we do things, we work from love, not for love. That we work from fulfillment, not for fulfillment. Because in life, it's not about what we're working for. It's about what we're working from. And I think Paul, when he was writing this letter to the Ephesians, he wanted them to know that they're already saved, that they're already loved, and there's no striving that needs to be done anymore. And he goes on to say in verse 10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And that was a scripture that's been stuck on my, on my heart for months. You know, I would just always hear that. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. And I think it's such a beautiful and powerful scripture, but it's also one of the most unbelievable things that you could ever read. How can I see myself as a masterpiece? You know, I think it's so easy to look around at a beautiful sunset right at 6.30 p.m. or 7 p.m., and you just, you're just driving, you see all these clouds changing colors. Topher's probably taking really good photos at that time, got some nice backlight. But, uh, you know, you're seeing a sunset, and it's so easy to look at that as a masterpiece. You know, you see the mountains in Mount Tam, or you're right along the beach, and you see all these waves and all the, the valleys and the mountains, everything. You say that's such a beautiful masterpiece. You know, in fact, I can look at a lot of my friends that are here today. I can look at them in their face and say, you are God's masterpiece. You're such a beautiful person. But I think that's something that we go through when we struggle. Like, how do we see ourselves as a masterpiece? And actually, the reason why I first got into photography was because I gave my life to Jesus, and I started believing in God and trusting in him, and I just started seeing the world in a different way. You know, maybe you relate to that. You start seeing the colors a lot more vibrant. You see people as more beautiful, and you're just so caught up with getting your alone time with God and just enjoying his presence. And after I got into photography, I wanted to, like, take photos of these landscapes and show the world. And after that, I started photographing people because I wanted people to see how beautiful that they are. I wanted them to see themselves in a new way. And here are some photos of some of the beautiful friends that I have right over here. Hopefully you can see that. But um, these are great people in my life that I look up to. I think they're super awesome people. I was able to capture just these really great moments. And my friend over here, Leland, the boxer, uh, she said something to me that I really liked a lot. She said... Um, she said, you make me look so much cooler than I am. And I love to hear that from people. I love to hear uh, people loving the photos that I took of them and just really uh, impressed with how they look. And, you know, there can be so many moments where these people love the way that they look. They're so happy with these photos. But there's also so many moments where, you know, people just, just hate them. And even recently, 
I was shooting with this girl who I really love a lot. She's such an important part of my life and super helpful uh, with my business and um, very inspirational too. And I got to do a photo shoot with her and we were planning this for a while. I'm like, all right, let's just do this. And, you know, I had so much fun. We, I checked out all these different locations for the shoot and I was really happy with the way that they looked. But then when I sent them over to her, um, she asked me to not not even post them at all. She said that she was just kind of unhappy, not with the way that I took the photo, but she was actually unhappy with the way that she looked. And she saw all these different imperfections, all of her flaws. And I think it's easy to get mad at that. Oh, wow, you know, I, I thought I did so good. And, you know, I took that personally at first. And it, it really broke me to understand that um, that was the way that she see, saw herself. And I think what's also even more heartbreaking is that I know exactly what that feels like. You know, I'll look at photos if it's a shoot that I'm doing professionally or, you know, photos that someone just took, and I'll, I'll look at myself and see all these flaws. You know, I'll, I'll see reasons to not accept myself for who I am. I'll see a crooked smile and say, yeah, no wonder why you're still single. Or I'll look at all these mistakes that I make and say, yeah, big surprise. Of course you're making that mistake. Of course, that makes sense. It's you. You know, every time I have to do a creative project, I deal with so much imposter syndrome and just so much pain about that. So even recently, there was a few weeks where I, I felt like I was not bringing any value to my own life. You know, I, I was going through a really tough time in my life where every day I was waking up and just questioning if my life was bringing any value to the world and questioning my work and, you know, just had all these questions and trying to see if my life really mattered, you know, and I went on a bike ride and was trying to do whatever I could in those times and, you know, it's kind of a conundrum of God, you know, it's kind of this huge question, it's like we give our life to Jesus, we give our life to Jesus and we just expect, God, I gave my life to you, why do I still have these problems? Why is life still so hard? Why am I going through all these struggles when I gave my life to you? That shouldn't be the case, right? And I just realized that Jesus is not a pill that you take to solve all of your problems. Jesus is a person that you call upon to help you walk through them all. So in our lives, what we have to ask ourselves is we need to pray to God. God, will you help us see ourselves in a new way? We need to pray, God, show us not who you want us to be, but who we already are. Then we need to pray that Jesus will help us see ourselves as a masterpiece. And when I think about this, what Paul was writing in his letter to the Ephesians, I just imagine him saying, you are God's masterpiece. You're a living masterpiece. And who told you you were anything less? I just want to close on this set of scriptures and want to change things up a little bit. I think we usually just re read things just straight down the line, but I was reading through this in Ephesians 2, verse 10, and just going back to 7, I thought it just flowed so well. And what it says is, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of this incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. So whenever you go into a home, I want you to imagine something with me. Whenever you go into a home, you hang up what you're proud of. All right, I have this client who sold her business for 
few hundred million dollars, and she has this Picasso painting, like original Picasso painting, just hanging in her house. I think that's so amazing. One of my other clients is this really talented architect photographer, so he has all these photos of these beautiful buildings that he's so proud of on his walls. And I want you to imagine that, you know, you're in God's house, and he's just hanging up your life on a wall. I just imagine God just saying, like, look at Mickey and Krista. Look at how they have this new baby. He's so beautiful, and they have no shortage of love at all. You know, I look at people worshiping today. I look at uh, Jacob and Paulette just worshiping here, and just God just saying, look at them worship. No matter what they're going through in their lives, they're still going to bring everything that they have into the house. You know, I look at Vanessa, I look at Ying, who are just encouraging and and uplifting all of their clients to see themselves in a more beautiful way. I look at Emily, just so willing to serve and do whatever it takes to serve God's people. I just imagine God just in that house and just saying, look, look, look at every single one of my beautiful creations and all the light that they're bringing into this world. So church, may you see yourself for the beauty that you are. May you see yourself as a living masterpiece. And may you see yourself as God's beautiful creation. So God, I just want to pray right now for everyone in this house. I want to thank you guys so much for just being here today. And, and God, just we thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you love us for who we already are. God, I pray that if there's any way that we see ourselves that is truly detrimental to our character and our lives, God, I pray that you will help reformat that, Lord. I'll pray that you help us see ourselves in this beautiful, different way, God. I pray that you help us see ourselves as a living masterpiece. And I pray that you will help us see our lives as a work of art. In Jesus' name, amen.